0: You are listening to episode number 70 of Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast Hope, Humor, and Inspiration for Teachers with Christina Kuzmich. Now, if you've been around Facebook or Instagram for a while, there's a good chance you've seen one of Christina's inspiring videos, as she has had over a billion views on them. And today we're offering hope, humor, and inspiration specifically for our teacher and homeschool listeners. So you are in for a huge treat today. So do not go anywhere. Welcome to Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast. I'm Kelsey Sorensen, a former elementary teacher and current homeschool mom. And even though I've been a resource creator since 2014, I've realized that printables alone aren't all you need in order to thrive as a teacher or homeschool parent. That's why I also created this show and got certified as a life coach to help you finally kick burnout to the curb and feel confident with whatever challenges come your way. With the right mindset strategies and new teaching inspiration, you're going to be well on your way to your best teacher life. Now let's go. I seriously cannot wait to share this interview with you. This has been, and I know I say this every time, but this has truly been one of my favorite interviews and something that if you would have told me a few years ago that I was interviewing Christina for my podcast, I would not have believed you. I have been a fan of Christina for years. She is just incredible and inspiring. I love how she gives people and women in particular permission to just be a human, figuring out life. She has offered several quotes that have really touch me and hit me. I even talk about it during this episode. Um, where I've actually printed out quotes from her and put them like on my bulletin board so I can remember them each day. I love her book. I love her audiobook. She's just somebody who's very inspiring. And there's a reason she's had over a billion video views and has 2.9 million followers on Facebook. She is very inspirational. She's very humble and down to earth about it too, as we'll hear in this interview. And it's because you'll kind of hear her story. She can really relate to everybody on the spectrum. She has gone through a lot in her life. She is just so incredible and inspiring inspiring. And one thing I'm really excited about is you might have heard this already, but she is one of our keynotes at Educate and Rejuvenate, which is our virtual summer conference that we just recently opened the doors to. It's happening June 27th and 28th. And Christina will be the keynote on the 28th, which means it'll be live. You'll be able to come on and interact with her and everybody else. It's really going to be like a community. This event is really like a community where we all come together, all these teachers who want to feel inspired, who Want to feel educated and rejuvenated ahead of the next school year. That is what we're here to do. So if you want to learn more about that, go to educateandrejuvenate.com and you'll learn more. I'm not going to talk a lot about it right now because we've talked about it on the podcast quite a bit. We'll make subtle mentions of it during the interview, but mostly, I just want to get to the interview. So when you're here listening today, you're going to to walk away with so much inspiration. Like you don't even have to attend the event to learn from this episode with Christina. I'm just so excited to share it with you. So before I air the conversation that we had, I want to read her bio for you. Let's talk a little bit about Christina. So Christina Kuzmich is a cheerleader for her fellow humans. It's not something she ever anticipated doing, but after immigrating to America from Croatia during the war in her homeland and later facing more challenges such as divorce, single parenting poverty mental health challenges christina's goal became clear to be for others what she needed when she was at her lowest Now with well over 1 billion video views, Christina is providing her audience with encouragement, hope, and humor in a role she never expected to fill. In 2011, when Oprah crowned Christina, the winner of Mark Burnett's reality TV competition, Oprah Search for the next TV star. Oprah said, what is that thing that's so charming and charismatic and connected to her audience that she makes you feel like, I know her. I want to be her. I'm like her. Christina has all of that. She's an it plus girl. I want to watch her. Since working with Oprah, Christina has branched out on her own, creating videos about juggling all of life's challenges and encouraging her audience to prioritize their mental health. She has quickly become a viral sensation with 2.9 million Facebook followers and well over half a million Instagram followers. Christina recently completed a national comedy tour where she performed her hope and humor show in 50 cities across the country. By the way, I attended this and it was incredible. So if she ever comes to your town, you must go. She is also a sought after international keynote speaker. Hint, she's speaking at Educate and Rejuvenate, who has a unique way of connecting with audiences of all ages. Her first book, Hold On But Don't Hold Still, was released through Penguin Random House in February 2020 and made it on multiple bestseller lists. It has been translated in seven languages so far. Christina recently signed a publishing deal for her second book, I Can Fix This and Other Lies I've Told Myself, which is expected to be released in 2023, although she mentioned in the podcast it might be 2024. Okay, so let's dive into today's interview because it was so incredible and I can't wait to hear what you learned from it. So once you listen, feel free to share in our Facebook group, Wife Teacher Mommies Unite, what stood out the most to you. So let's go. Hey, welcome, Christina. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited because as we've announced, you are a keynote speaker at our Educate and Rejuvenate event, which I'm so excited to have you at, but also just that you'll be able to provide some hope and humor and inspiration to all of those who are listening on the podcast today. I'm so excited about the event because
1: I don't know if you've seen my videos that I've done about teachers, but I'm... I have. They're so good. (laughs) I'm so passionate about teachers and I get so annoyed with the... just. Crap! They have to deal with from parents. You know, nobody's ever fully happy, and they have so much on their plate. And then I think about like homeschool parents. I don't know. My my children would have disowned me if I tried to homeschool them. The amount of patience. <laughs> so um, so I just have I just have so much respect for people in your community, and I'm honored to be a part of it.
0: We're so excited to have you, and I love those videos that you've done for teachers. I'm actually going to make sure that we link to some of those because they think our audience would really appreciate them. I love how you just give like people and, you know, women in particular permission to just be human, figuring out life. And I just love all the messages that you share on your YouTube channel and on Facebook. I found you on Facebook, I believe, like years ago. And I've just been following you like from then until now. And I just love your story, but I know a lot of our listeners haven't heard it before. So can you tell us a little bit about your story from like immigrating to America all the way until like everything you do now? Yeah. Um, okay. So
1: I'm, I'm turning 44 and I seriously feel like I've lived like 90 years of life. We <laughs> try to, to condense this, but, um, yeah, when I was a teenager, there was a war in Croatia where I grew up or was born and grew up, And, um, so we immigrated to America and never planned on staying here. My parents were like, we're just going to go until the war calms down. And then, um, they eventually moved back as they always planned on and I stayed. And so You know that was a big adjustment. Then I got married um, right out of college and had two babies, and then ended up divorced. And when the kids were one and a half and three, and just sunk into a super deep depression. Um, I didn't have money. I was working various part time jobs to barely make ends meet, but I had to um, rely on food stamps. And my kids and I were sharing a small bedroom, and I couldn't even afford a bed for a while until a friend gave me one. So I slept on the floor for a while. And I really believe that. It was that time that inspired everything I do now. I sort of have this goal, and it's so funny because I've said this a million times probably, but I I still get choked up when I say it. I've had this goal of I want to be for others what I needed when I was in my lowest. And so everything I create, whether it is a really just ridiculously silly video where I'm comparing the waves in the ocean to the cellulite I have on my thighs. Um, Or whether it's something really serious where, you know, I'm opening up about my struggles with mental health, you know, when I was a young mom or pretty much anything I share. I'm always thinking, what did I need? And what I needed when I was at my lowest was somebody to make me laugh because I feel like in my book, Hold On But Don't Hold Still, I talk about how going through life without humor is like trying to eat soup with a fork. Like you'll still get a lot of it, but you're going to miss out on so much. Um, and I needed to feel less alone. I needed somebody to confirm that whatever I'm going through, someone else has felt it, cried it, screamed it, and they've made it through. And so will I. So that's that time in my life has really inspired everything I do now.
0: Yes. And I just listening to your story, I I like did your book on Um, Audio, Which I definitely recommend for everybody because you get to hear you tell your story. And, And I mean, and they just heard part of it now, but I feel like you go even more in depth in your book, which is an incredible book. I just love how you took that experience and you were able to turn it into something where you're able to help so many people. able to relate and kind of bring this community together, like on your page, like in the comments, people are like helping each other out and everything. Like I've seen like people buy copies of your book for each other. And it's just like such an amazing community that you built. So I've just loved watching that. I mean, it's
1: been incredible because I don't even feel, especially on Facebook, that's where it, well, that's where you found me too, but that's where it sort of started. And later I joined Instagram and TikTok and all that, but my biggest following is on Facebook. And I really, when I think about my Facebook page, I don't even think about it as my page. Mm -hmm. I'm being serious. I think of it as the support group for humans who are just, you know, going through stuff, which let's be honest, that's every single human. And so that's what's been really cool about that page is I will post something and I'm more moved by the comments. And the amount of times I've seen somebody be vulnerable in the comment section, you can tell Sometimes that it might be their first time they've admitted out loud how awful they feel or how much they're struggling. And then just like dozens, sometimes hundreds of replies of people sharing their story and encouraging this complete stranger. It, I mean, ugh, I don't ever want to take that for granted or become numb to that because it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing.
0: It really is. When people feel comfortable enough to open up and you're like, wow, it's your page where people were willing to do that, then you know that like, again, it's not just about you. It's about this whole community of people willing to share and lift each other up. And I just love how your brand, you talk about like hope and humor. Like it's like we need that hope and we also need to laugh. So I I just totally relate to your brand. And when I saw that, like, oh, maybe we could book Christina. And then when we, like, were able to, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I feel like our teacher followers, they need this. Like, they need the hope and humor. So we're really excited. So one of the big things I've seen teachers struggling with lately is overwhelm. Because they've had, like, as you mentioned, like, so much that they do and so much added to their plates during the pandemic and not much was taken off of their plates. It was more just additional things being added on. So what words of hope and inspiration or encouragement do you have to share with our teacher followers?
1: I mean, I would imagine that, you know, being a teacher, just choosing that profession you really want to do your best at all times and you want to make sure that you are, I mean, there's so much too, like it's called teaching, but really you have to be a therapist and you have to like, there's so many things you have to be, you know, a conflict resolutions guru. Um, and then on top of just trying to do your job, hi, there's a pandemic that happened. And then hi, there's always a parent that's not happy for some reason and always, yes, <laughs> always at least one. And there's always something, you know, I hear so much from my friends who are teachers, like the thing I hate is the politics in the school. And, you know, you're not allowed to do this and you are allowed to, and there's just so much added stuff. And I think trying to be that fantasy that you created of the type of teacher, like I'm sure when, whenever these teachers, you know, decided I, this is what I want to do with my life. You probably created a fantasy for the type of teacher you want And that's wonderful. Have dreams and have goals, but be aware that your best is not going to look the same every day. That doesn't mean it's not your best. It's just not going to look the same every day. And that's okay. And, and consider what you're up against. I mean, on days when you feel like this was not the best day and this was not, you know, I, I didn't do all the things I wanted to do, or I, I didn't, you know, handle certain, certain situation the way I hoped I would handle it instead of beating yourself up. Like it's so easy. We all do it. It's so easy to beat ourselves up. Think about the impact you're leaving. And I, and I've heard so many stories from people who tell me like that it was a teacher, right. That made a biggest difference with this one thing they said. And then, you know, their teachers will reply to that and go, wait, I've said that and I didn't realize that would have such a strong impact on anyone in my class. Like there's so many things that you're doing daily, even on what you would label your worst day, where you are leaving a positive impact on children. And I just think that's so powerful. There are so many kids and, and some teachers know what's going on in their, you know, in the lives of their students and some really don't. But there are so many kids that show up to school and they have a smile on their face and they act like everything's normal and they have an awful home life or maybe it seems like a normal home life but they've never been told by a parent that they are doing a good job or that somebody is proud of them. And so to just have a person who is there and can be that extra voice in their life of, you know, affirmation is so powerful. So I would say I love dreaming big, but maybe let's dream a little less big than the fantasy <laughs> of you being perfect. Maybe maybe a little less big. Maybe like dream medium.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dream medium. (laughs) And you know what? And that's the thing. I feel like a lot of teachers, they like find themselves in this, like comparing themselves either to like their dream idea. But a lot of times where did that dream idea come from? It came from like pictures they saw on Pinterest or Instagram and they're comparing themselves to like that perfect ideal rather than like even questioning, like, is that even really what I want? You know, is that even what my students need? And the homeschool parents too, like we just like, you know, you might compare yourself to the other mom in the homeschool co-op who seems to have it all together. And her kids like have the perfect outfits But my daughter puts on these like unmatching outfits and I brush her hair, but like, you know, it might look a little crazy by the time we get there. And it's, it's easy to, for a moment, catch myself be like, Oh, they look so much more put together. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I feel like we all naturally will compare ourselves in that way, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's really sad. I think that's one of the, like, honestly, most abusive things we do to ourselves. I know that word sounds dramatic, but I really think it's true. We, that, that is probably one of the ways we bully ourselves the most, if we're going to be honest. Is we compare ourselves. And to be honest, we're not comparing ourselves to reality. We might be comparing ourselves to five minutes of somebody's reality, um, a great day of somebody. But just through doing what I do for as long as I've done it, I have met so many people who are like, who will tell me, people think I'm perfect. People think my marriage is perfect. People see my Instagram feed and they think my home is perfect. They think my kids are perfect. And the truth is I'm exhausted trying to portray it all like that. I am, it's exhausting. And sometimes those people you're comparing yourselves to that, that you think are, you know, the perfect teacher or the perfect mom or the perfect whatever, they're actually struggling the most because what is freeing and much easier is authenticity. And what is exhausting and, and feels like so much pressure and will literally drown you eventually into a deep depression is constantly putting a fake face and pretending everything is okay. So you don't know what somebody else is struggling to, but I can guarantee you, everybody's got their stuff. Everybody's got the stuffiest stuff. You just don't know about it. If you knew about it, maybe you'd be like, "Oh, I'm glad I don't have their stuff. I'm, I'd rather have my stuff than their stuff. So, you know, we get this one life, and I, I just always think, what do I want to do with this one life? What what kind of a mother, you know, or for a lot of teachers, teachers, what do what do I, my gifts, my passion, what can I contribute? And then let everybody else contribute what they can contribute. But if you get distracted to too much, what everybody else is doing, you're gonna waste so much energy and you're gonna waste so many years of your life not being your best your favorite self I don't even want to say your best because I feel like that puts too much pressure be your favorite self.
0: <laughs> your favorite self I love that yeah, And <laughs> your favorite self will be
1: a little lazier than others and you know what I think lazy sometimes is self-care so there you go pat yourself on the back for that
0: <laughs> I think it's so true because we need to like listen to our bodies I'm like you know some days we're like not feeling it as much as others and our best like you said our best might not look the same and I think that's something that a lot of us are like I always have to hit this standard and I'm actually really guilty of that as like a business owner. And like, you know, I have big goals and everything, but that's one thing I've learned over the years is like the best, your best doesn't have to look the same every day. Like you were mentioning.
1: Yeah. And one of the things um, I, I I haven't done a video about this, but I think I mentioned a Facebook live or something. Um, So my oldest son, I've talked about this part, but my oldest son has a struggle with mental health for the last five or so years he's doing better now but it got really bad at one point and there's actually a video where um he opened up about his mental health struggles so you can it's pinned to the top of my facebook page but anyway um one thing i did during that time that i really need to just make a separate video about is i came up with a new rule for myself and the rule was the harder the day the kinder i had to be to myself oh. and i just think that's a powerful thing for teachers to apply because you walk into that classroom And really, let's be honest, every day it's like, surprise, what are we going to do today? You have no idea. I mean, I feel that way as a parent of three, and you're dealing with 30 students, you know, some teachers are dealing with, and you have no idea which kid is going to be struggling that day. You have no idea. You literally have no idea what you're up against. It, It is, you know, what's behind what door, right? 30 different personalities or however many, 20 different personalities. And I just think when you have that moment where you walk into a classroom, And you know, ooh, I can tell. Today's going to be tough. Today's going to be really tough. Just really stop for a second and go, okay, this means that I have to up the grace toward myself. I have to up the patience toward myself. I basically have to treat myself the way I would treat somebody like a best friend who came to me and said, I'm having a really bad day. I'm really overwhelmed. You would never look at that person that you love and say, well, suck it up and you better be your best and you better be perfect today. No, you would be like, okay, let's take it easy today. Let's, let's just be extra kind to ourselves today. So I I almost look at it as like a seesaw thing or like a scale where I'm like the tougher the day, the kinder I have to be to myself. And it's really, it sounds so simple But that has really helped me on the tough days because it's just a really clear reminder that I am not defined by the things that are tough and I cannot control. There's so much that's out of my control. But what I can control is how I treat myself at all times, no matter what the world throws at me. The one thing I can always control is how compassionate, kind, patient, loving I am toward myself.
0: I love that and totally agree. And the thing is, like a lot of us, like we're so kind of compassionate towards our students or our own children, but sometimes we don't give that compassion back to ourselves. And that is what, what you're saying, that we need to be able to be willing to do that. And one thing that one of my friends um, said to me that really hit me before is she has a picture of herself in kindergarten up and she's like, if I wouldn't say it to her, then I won't say it to me now. Like you're still that little girl. And so I actually have my little kindergarten picture where I have like my little... Um total nineties, like early 90s, like <laughs> a little bow in my hair and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, if I wouldn't say it to her, I'm not gonna say it to me now. I wonder if she saw that
1: from a video. I did a video like five years ago where I invited oh, Did you do that? Yeah, I invited some friends over and I didn't I I basically I just called some friends and I said, Are you willing to be super vulnerable on camera? And I knew that they would, the friends that I called, and they're like, sure. And they didn't know that I had contacted their spouses secretly and said, Hey. Can you send me a picture of them when they were little? And so anyway, so I invite these uh, women over and one by one, I had a conversation with them and I said, tell me some things you say to yourself. Like, you know, we all say mean things to ourselves. Go ahead. And, you know, it went from like one woman was just saying what a horrible mother she is and her kids deserve better. And another woman was saying, I gained all this weight and I know I'll never lose it. I'm too lazy to lose it. And I'm a slob. And another uh, woman said, you know, my mother used to have such a nice, tidy house and I just I'm always a mess and my house is a mess and it's embarrassing. And they just went on and on. And then with each one, I said, Okay, thank you for saying that now. And I pulled out, I blew them up eight by 10. And I pulled out a picture of each of them. And I said, Now I want you to say those same exact things to this little girl. And not those women could do it. They all broke down. They all got teary eyed and they were like, I can't. And I said, Why? Why can't you? You just said it. Say it again. Just say it to the younger you. And they all agreed that it just sounds so cruel. It sounds so mean. And I said, But why are you choosing every day? That's a choice to be so cruel to yourself. And by the way, to be so cruel to the most important person in your child's life, that's you. You're choosing to be so cruel to the most important person in your child's life. And a lot of, for a lot of teachers, the most important person or the most powerful person in that student's life. So anyway, if you want to look up that video, it's called the things we tell ourselves and it's on YouTube and Facebook, but it was just like the realization in these women's eyes, women's eyes of, oh my gosh. Like you, it just, it makes you realize how awful we are to ourselves. And as somebody who, when I was going through my stuff after my divorce and my depression, I genuinely hated myself. I mean, I genuinely believe my kids would be better off without me. I know how much work it takes to go from that to where I am now, where I will, even if I'm having a bad day, I will find something good to say to myself. I, that, like, I will just, I will find it. It takes a lot of work, but man, my life, my confidence, my happiness, my sanity is so much better just with that one change I made on how I speak to myself.
0: It's such a powerful change to make. And Christina, I didn't even know you had that video. I've seen a lot of your videos, but there are so many that I I haven't seen that one. So I can't wait to look at it and find it. And I think that also shows that likely my friend, there's a very good chance that she did see that video and then she shared it with me. So it really shows that the ripple effect of like when we teach other people and then they teach other people You know, like, and that's what teachers or homeschool moms do too. It's like they're teaching their children or others around them in their communities. And then there's just that ripple effect of that, like, legacy we leave. And so when we put out, you know, these messages of hope or encouragement, it just travels through everybody. And I I love the thought of that.
1: And speaking of the ripple effect, you know, that makes me think of teachers. And it's like, I think as a parent... Um, my children will learn much more from how I live my life and how I treat myself than anything I preach at them. I can sit them down and tell them how proud I am of them and how beautiful they are and they're smart and all this. But if they hear me bashing my body and my intelligence and calling myself an idiot or saying, oh, I really screwed up today. I can't believe I did that. They're learning from that. They're learning how to speak speak to themselves from that. And I think about teachers, like by by speaking kindly to yourselves, by, you know, just being that example of I don't have to be perfect in order to be lovable, like especially because perfection is an illusion, it doesn't even exist. But I am a human who will make mistakes because, you know, adulthood, just as much as much as childhood is full of growing pains. And that's OK. And there's a big difference beating yourself up and holding yourself accountable. And so when I do screw up, instead of sitting there and beating myself up, which is just going to leave me stuck and feeling like a loser, which has never helped anyone thrive in life. I'm just going to hold myself accountable and go, yeah, I screwed up. Not because I'm a failure. I'm a loser, but because I'm human and humans are supposed to screw up and I'm going to take from this and I'm going to learn from it. And if I screw up again in the same way, that's okay too, because again, I'm not inadequate. I'm human. I mean, just that kind of influence on the next generation, maybe they can grow up without, you know, letting that evil roommate that lives in our head, you know, maybe they can learn to like lower the volume on that.
0: Yes. And that's what I've been talking about a lot with our teachers is when we learn this for ourselves and we're an example to the children, we can help the next generation to have fewer, I mean, we're not going to eliminate it. A lot of this is like natural and things we're going to do because we're human, but we can teach them the skills to navigate this through example or even through like explicit teaching, like sharing what we do and sharing what we struggle with and then how we overcame it. So I think there's a lot to be said for the difference we can make, not only in teaching them like math or reading, but also the like coping skills and things that we can teach them just through example. Yeah.
1: And what you said about a second ago about, you know, we're never going to get rid of it completely. The way I look at it is for a long time in my life, I allowed insecurities to lead. Like insecurities were literally like, hey, Christina, we're going to do this now. Nope, we're not going to do that. They were the boss. Right. And now I think of insecurities as that weird relative. We all have one. And if you do have one, that means you are the weird relative in your family. FYI. <laughs> Who will show up at Thanksgiving and you're like, mom, please, do we have to have so-and-so come? Yes, they have nowhere else to go. And they show up and you used to allow them to ruin your whole day because you would sit next to them and you would get into a political argument with them and they would you know, make some snarky comment about whatever you're wearing or whatever. And, and you just let it ruin your whole day. And now I look at insecurities as, okay, you're that relative who's going to show up. I acknowledge that you are present in this home, but I will not let you ruin my day, lead the conversation, get into an argument with me, tell me who I am or what I'm worth. No, you. I, I know you're here, but I will give you zero power. And so when I have my insecurities pop up, I don't try to just go, no, 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 I don't want to feel that insecurity. That's unrealistic. I will literally sometimes say out loud, I think my family thinks I'm crazy because I talk to myself so much. I will say out loud to myself, like, I acknowledge that you're here in security, but I'm not playing Game right now. Okay. We're not, you're just going to, you're going to sit down and you're going to shut up and I'm still going to do my thing. And sometimes you have to say it out loud because it just saying things out loud, just make them more powerful. But yeah, don't trying to get rid of all your insecurities. That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're just saying they're going to show up. Stop giving them power. Stop letting them lead. They should be behind you, never in front of you.
0: We will get right back to the show in just a moment, but since you're listening to this episode, I bet you will also love our summer event, Educate and Rejuvenate, happening on June 27th and 28th, 2023. With your ticket purchase, you'll get live keynotes with Joe Dombrowski, aka Mr. D, and Christina Kuzmich to laugh and feel inspired. You would normally pay up to $75 just to see one of these keynotes. You'll also get a full speaker lineup with over 70 incredible speakers with a teacher track and a parent track, so you can... And choose your own adventure and these sessions are pre-recorded to do on your own time. You'll have 10 full days to enjoy the pre-recorded sessions with a general admission ticket so you don't need to feel rushed. You'll also get live live coaching with me and certified coach Chrissy Nichols. We have both been certified by the Live Coach School so you'll know you are in good hands. You'll also get a Step It workout with Brianna Smith, the co-founder of Step It Fitness, and a yoga slash meditation with Lizzie Langston from the postpartum coach to jumpstart each day. You'll also get a certificate completion for the credit hours completed. So you might be able to use this as PD credit. All of this is just $19. It is a total steal. So go to educateandrejuvenate.com to grab your ticket today. Yes, I agree. And sometimes like you said, like if we're trying to push them away, that actually makes it worse because we're not like acknowledging it. We're just letting it kind of fit, like, you know, kind of bubble up inside of us. When you say it out loud, you're kind of like being like, Hey, I'm acknowledging it's there. And now I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not letting it have the power. So I think like saying it out loud actually gives us more power over it. Yeah. And trying to fight it
1: or, or trying not to feel it. Like, I don't want to feel insecure about this. I just don't want to feel it. All this is doing is creating another struggle. Nobody, nobody on this earth. I don't care how lovely your life is. Nobody on this earth needs another struggle. So decide, I'm not, I'm not creating another struggle in my life by trying to fight this. It's it's that whole like, let it go. <laughs> like, like Then yoga, whatever like thing you got to embrace and go, oh yeah, insecurity. You showed up today. Oh, that's great. Well, you can sit down over there. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to try to kick you out. You're welcome
0: to sit here, but guess what? You have no power over me. Exactly. And I think that is just such a powerful thing that most of us don't do. Naturally, we don't do. We try to do the more fighting it and everything and creating that additional struggle. But if we can acknowledge it and move forward, that's just such a more powerful way to be able to take the power back, basically.
1: Yeah. And I find even, and I'm sure teachers can relate to this, I find in parenting, I've had to do that where, you know, again, when my son was really struggling with his mental health, I... I was like in this. I need to fix this and I need to change this and I need to do a million things to make this better mode. And that anxiety, I call my anxiety Berta. I don't know why I just named her Berta. But like Berta would (laughs) I love that. Berta would show up and be like, Christina, you're not doing enough. And blah. And it was when I finally decided to go, I'm only going to control what is a hundred percent within my control. And again, Pretty much that boils down to how I treat myself. Let's be honest that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, when I decided to do that, it was so much easier for me to go, Okay, my child is having a bad day right now, and I'm going to love and support, but I can't fix everything, and that's okay. And I think teachers probably have that too, where they show up and and a kid is behaving a certain way, and you just feel like. Oh my gosh. Like I, I cannot handle this kid one more time, you know, acting up. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and (laughs) and control this child. This is not even my child. This is somebody else's child. Um, I, I, I can only control what I can control. My gosh, when we start doing that, there's just this freedom of, Oh, I'm not obligated to make everybody else perfect. I'm not obligated. Like, I'm not actually, I don't actually have the power to make everything look perfect. There's a freedom in that. You know what I mean? There's the, it, it's like, wow, all this stuff, all this heavy stuff I've been carrying has just been taken off me. And I can just focus on what I know and what I have power over.
0: Yes, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about in your keynote at Educate and Rejuvenate, right? Your title is don't allow the few things that are completely out of your control to control you completely. And when I read that title, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a good one because I think so many of us naturally, we let those few things control us and like take over our mind and we just think about it and we ruminate on it and then we're allowing it to control us completely. So I'm really excited for this. Can you kind of tell us why you think this is important and why you picked that for your topic for Educate and Rejuvenate this year? Um, Well, because I personally,
1: not to brag, am an expert of (laughs) trying to control everything and everyone. Um, Again, thanks to Berta, but... Oh, (laughs) Berta. that's one of the most powerful thing. And I'm not going to tell the whole story here, but I will share a story. I'll share a couple of stories in the keynote from my personal life that really taught me how much better and easier and healthier and saner life gets when I don't allow those few things to completely control me. Um, there's another video. I seriously want to just send you a list of videos that I feel like teachers should watch. And again, this one's not about teaching, but it's just about humans. Um, did you see the video I did with m ms Yes, I love that one. So I think I named, I, I always forget the titles of my videos. I think it's something like, why would anyone- I don't know how you even keep track with how many you have. It's incredible. <laughs> it's called something like, why would anyone make this choice? But basically for anyone that hasn't seen it, and the crazy thing, this is the only time this has ever happened to me. This video idea came to me in a dream. I actually had the dream. I was, I, In fact, when I did the video, I was like, I have to wear a navy blue Thin sweater because that's what I in the dream that's what I was wearing. I wanted it to really just be a recreation of this dream I had. I woke up from the dream and I called my um, team that films my videos and I was like, "We need to film a video today." I just had a dream and I want to put it in a video. But anyway, the video. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I am standing with these two large empty jars, glass jars, next to me, one on each side, and you hear all these compliments. Uh, uh, you know, voiceovers. Oh, Christina, you're so smart. You handle that so well. And every compliment that happens um, in one jar, an M&M is dropped, an M&M is dropped. And basically slowly through all these compliments the uh, and praises, that jar gets full of M&Ms. And then all of a sudden there's just one sentence that somebody says, you're not good enough. And one M&M goes in the other empty jar. And I look at both jars. I knock over the one full of M&Ms, it shatters. And I take the one with that one M&M of you're not good enough. I place it close to my heart and I walk away. And that is exactly what we do. We allow the few things that are completely out of our control or are negative in our life, that voice that either we're giving ourselves or somebody else is giving us, or the message we were sent from our childhood or from wherever that we are inadequate. We take that one little speck and we will hold it close to our heart and treasure it and we will carry it. And we will completely destroy and ignore all the good, all that we can control, all the good we have contributed, all the good qualities we have. It's just, it's something that seems to be a thing with every human. I don't know why we're born that way, I guess, but um, even I'm a very visual person. So just a lot of times I'll make a video, but then I need it. And so I still, too. I made that video like three or so years ago. I still will think, hold up! which jar am I going to focus on right now? Am I going to really destroy the jar of, again, good example for teachers, of the hundred things I did right today and the hundred things I actually accomplished today because I'm going to be mad at myself about that one thing that I planned on getting done that I didn't or that one situation I didn't handle well with a student or parent or, you know, coworker. No, I'm going to focus on the, you know, all the good I put into the world today. And- we all, unless you're like a sociopath, evil human being, you are every day putting more good into the world than bad. You just are. You, the problem is not acknowledging it. In my first book, uh, hold on, but don't hold still. I write a lot about learning to give myself more credit than criticism and more grace than judgment. And that has been huge for me, huge. And at the end of, I, I used to do this every single night when I laid in bed, I used to just decide, and I should probably still practice it, but I used to go, I am not going to focus right now on the to-do list and all the things I didn't get done and blah, blah, blah. I'm only allowed, before I fall asleep, to focus on the ta-da list. And my ta-da list is I got out of bed even though I was really tired and I loved on my children and I showed up to work. And, you know, just these little things that we completely overlook but they matter. They matter. So more credit than criticism, more grace than judgment. And if you want to sleep better at night, ignore the long list of things you didn't get done. Ignore the long list of things you feel like you handled awkwardly or the things you feel guilty about, and just make a rule for yourself. When I'm in that bed, ready to fall asleep, the only thing I'm allowed to focus on is my ta list. And do not think that ta needs to include, oh, I cured cancer. No, it can literally be I was really loving to my children, even though I really just wanted to sleep all day because life is hard.
0: Yes. And I love that concept of the Tada list. And also, even just that quote, like I actually put that on my bulletin board. I like oh, printed it out and had that quote up there because I love that quote. And I think it's something that I needed to remind myself of a whole lot. And I think you know, as a teacher and now as a homeschool mom. And I think many teachers and homeschool moms also need that. So I'm really glad you shared that here today too. I have one other thing I want to ask you before we kind of get into like wrapping up, um, because I know you're really good at helping people feel less alone in the world. And one thing that has come up, so we do like coaching inside our like wife, teacher, mommy club group. And one thing that has come up before is there's really in the teacher space, like on Instagram and everything, there's this whole like teacher bestie is kind of like a buzzword. And then there are teachers who are feel like I don't have that teacher bestie. Like I don't feel like I have somebody or I just feel kind of alone in my teaching. And a lot of homeschool moms feel the same way. Like I remember even being afraid to like tell people like that that's what we decided to do like it kind of makes you a little bit different than the moms who are sending their kids to school and you're like do they think it's just different you know and I was worried they were going to judge me which is funny because they thought I was judging them and it's all kinds of just mind drama we get ourselves into right But really, I think a lot of times they just feel alone in their teaching and whatever they're doing, and especially if they don't have that like teacher bestie or whatever. So how can a teacher feel less alone in what they are doing or a teacher or a homeschool mom or just any anybody who happens to be listening to this podcast today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really believe in community and that's why I love what you guys are doing because you're creating that community for people to feel less alone. But what I found is, and again, I'm coming from a, my story is completely different. I'm not a teacher, but when I was feeling alone in all my crazy feelings and, you know, being divorced and struggling, what I found is the more I was open and vulnerable and authentic, it actually like attracted other people who were craving that authenticity and vulnerability. And so I think, you know, Put that out there, like whether it's with your friends in in your personal life or your neighborhood, or whether it's, you know, if you're on social media or however, like, don't be afraid to be completely vulnerable, authentic. And yes, will people, will some people judge you? Absolutely. People still, I mean, I, you know, do the, I try to encourage people for a living and people still hate me for it. Somebody will find something nice, right. Um, I'm completely, like I had a video where I talked about miscarrying twins and I got hate on that. And can you imagine like getting hate on that kind of video? So what I'm saying is, yes, it's really scary to be vulnerable and 100% authentic and, and share how you feel and share your struggles and share your, you know, things you're nervous about um, because you're worried about being attacked. So just know, yes, somebody will not like it, but that's that's not that's not why you're sharing your vulnerability. The people that need to hear it and the people you will attract into your life feel that and maybe are scared to say it. And that's how we find sort of our quote unquote bestie or whatever. But I also think there is so much pressure in this society to have like that best friend and that one, you know, I don't know. I just see it so much all, even marriage, like people do that, like, oh, my marriage is perfect. And then somebody who's like struggling or doesn't have that perfect partner or is single is like, Oh my gosh, my life is sucks because I don't have that one person. You don't need the one bestie. And by the way, even those relationships are not ideal. You you need a community. That's that's what we need, we yeah. need a community. And by the way, it's, it's not even necessarily going to be one community. You might have one community that can relate to your homeschooling stuff and another community that can relate to other stuff, and that's okay. I think there's too much pressure to find that one perfect friend that's just going to get you, and that one perfect spouse mm-hmm. that's going to you know, solve all your problems. And again, we're chasing something that we don't actually need. We're just chasing it because the internet or the world is telling us that that's what we're supposed to have in order to be normal or happy. So I say put yourself out there, and it will attract – I really believe that. It will attract people who – maybe needed somebody to say it out loud for them and it'll bond you in a way that is better than any sort of like, hashtag bestie. No, I'm not making fun of that. I think it's great if people- Right. I just don't think it's, just like I think it's, it's like, I'm happily remarried now, but I don't think everybody has to have that in order to have a great life. So yeah, I guess that would be my other thing that's helped me in life is just not chasing whatever the world has said is the ideal. Mm Mm-hmm. And and probably the people that are chasing the bestie, they probably have a lot of, a lot of amazing people in their life and maybe don't even realize how much those people can relate in different ways. Maybe it's not a fellow teacher. Maybe it's somebody who has a completely different job, but can relate to the insecurities and the, you know, yeah. none of my friends do. Well, most of my friends don't do what I do for a living, but I have found so much comfort in just sharing our insecurities and our worries and all of that. So yeah, I don't know if that's yeah, right I- or not, but it's, that's what's worked for me. <laughs>
0: Oh, I think I think that was great because I agree we don't need that one bestie. Because think about it, if you put all of that stake into just one person and something happens, like you know, you put it all into just one. Which I mean, it's great to have a teacher bestie, but I do feel like community is really where it's at because you have like just all this support and you can support each other. And then also just like not taking the relationships you do have for granted, you know, because a lot of times we're like seeking out for like, oh, what don't I have? What don't I have? But it's more looking at what do I have, and having that gratitude for that. And we can realize that, okay, maybe we do have it better than we thought. We were just, again, doing the comparing on Instagram thing, you know?
1: We humans are so, I thought, I, I know I'm like generalizing, but I really believe like a lot of humans struggle with the same stuff. Yeah. We humans are really good at rejecting something just because it didn't show up the way we envisioned it should be. We're really good at that. And so people show up in our lives And we will go, yeah, but I really wanted a teacher bestie, or I really wanted this, or I really wanted that. And my advice would be stay open. Don't reject something. And that's not just for people. That's for like career opportunities or whatever. Don't reject something just because it didn't show up the way you decide in your mind what it should look like. Because you might be rejecting some really, really good people and some really good stuff in your life.
0: Yes, because sometimes there's something even better than what we had in mind. And we're just like, we're so set on like looking at, no, but this is how I wanted it. But if we can open ourselves up to like, it might actually be even better this way. Yeah. Then we can, we can just learn so much from that and lean into that because like, we can't always force everything to go exactly the way we want it to, even as much as we want to. (laughs) I just filmed a video recently and it hasn't been released yet
1: where I talk about how, basically somebody sent me a question, you know, what's your best advice for pursuing a dream? But I would say this is great advice for anything you're pursuing, a friendship, anything. And I said, be stubborn, but flexible. And when I replied that to the woman, she said, okay, well, that's kind of contradictory. (laughs) And and then I made a video about it where I talked about how be stubborn about not giving up, like people give up too soon. Well, Well, I'm just, I'm never gonna find this friend or I'm never gonna find this, you know, have my dream come true or whatever. They give up too soon or they're not flexible about the timing and the way it's going to show up and what it's going to look like. And then Mm -hmm. they reject it. So I, that for me has really helped me in so many different ways, be stubborn, but flexible.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that way of thinking about it. And I can see how she's like, Oh, that's contradictory. But no, I totally get what you're saying because it's like, you, you can kind of know, like, a general idea of this is what I want. But like, if you're too specific about it and you're not flexible, then you might not be open to the ways it can actually happen. So.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, and it's gotten way worse with social media. We are constantly being sent messages of what that's something that we desire should look like. Uh And then in our life differently, we're like, nope. Now we're not thinking this consciously, but subconsciously our brain or whatever is telling us "Mm, that's not how it showed up on Instagram. That's not what it looked like. Uh -uh. Oh yeah. Oh, perfect mom at school pickup or that fellow teacher. That's not what theirs showed up as. So this is not right. This is wrong. I mean, it's just so dangerous. I, I basically just called them lies. The amount of lies We are told every day by the media, by social media, by lies we tell ourselves, by comparing ourselves and assuming somebody else is perfect, right? And if somebody actually sat you down that morning and said, okay, I'm just going to warn you, all the things, here are exact things you're going to see today, here are the exact people you're going to meet today, and I just want to know you, tell you they're all liars. It's all a lie. You would go through that day completely differently. You'd go, oh, okay, well, that's a lie. Oh, okay, that Instagram post, that message that the world is sending me that I'm supposed to look like that or act like that or teach like, that's a lie. Like if you actually knew ahead that those are lies, you wouldn't react to them so strongly and, and beat yourself up and feel inadequate. So I think the key is to decide what is my truth And what is the truth for my life, for my abilities, for my passion, for my goals, for how I want to parent, for how I want to teach, for for the you know, gifts I was born with, the natural talents I have combined with the passion I have. What is the truth about what I can do with that? Not what somebody else can, not what so-and-so said or that post said I can or should. Just what can I, what is my truth? Man, that cuts down on so much unnecessary abusive pressure.
0: Absolutely. And that reminded me what you, when you were saying that about your book that's coming out that I'm so excited about, where I'm sure you're going to be sharing even more about this. And it's called The Lies I Told Myself, something like that. Yeah. So it's, uh, again, it's about me trying to support my son through mental health struggles. Yeah.
1: I'm really honest about it and all, about all the mistakes I made. And it's called I Can Fix This and Other Lies I've Told Myself. Okay.
0: Yeah. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: chapter actually is a lie, you know, so just a lie yeah. I told myself. And, you know, I can fix this. I can control this, whatever. And writing that book, I really felt like I need to write this book because I need to, you know, help anyone or just make anybody feel less alone who has ever either struggled with mental health or tried to support someone. It's not necessarily just for parents who are raising a kid who's struggling. It can be a Mm -hmm. spouse is struggling. Your best friend is struggling. Your mother is struggling. And so I was like, I'm going to put our story out there. I had my son's blessing. He actually contributed to the book. And I felt like I was going to put something good into the world. And while writing it, I was like, oh man, I need this. Like literally I'm writing it. I'm like, this could be a freaking like therapy diary something session because I was, I had to be so much, I, it was like putting a spotlight on the lies I've told myself. Cause it's one thing to say, oh, I know that was a lie I told myself, but once you're writing a 60,000 page book page, nope. That would be way too long. A 60,000-word book, you're really having to dig in. And so it, it it's turning into a book that's more like my own therapy session. <laughs> if anybody else gets something out of it, great, but I got a lot out of writing it, so... <laughs>
0: Well, I cannot wait to read and listen to it. Yours are what, like, my favorite authors. I get both. I'm like, I have, I have, like, the physical copy. This one you signed, <laughs> actually. I met you twice in Salt Lake when you came here. And and actually, the second time, you're like, have we met before? And I was like, yeah, we well, have. Yeah. It, it was fun. You know what? Salt Lake City. Si- so you're in Salt Lake?
1: or you're in- Yeah. Okay, so Salt Lake City was, like, one of our biggest responses whenever we post that I might be going there. Like, I did speaking gigs there and stuff. So that is actually on the top of the list uh, for my agent for the next tour. Like he was like, this is yes we're really going. So, um, and in that- well, I will be there again. <laughs> and that show is all about my control issues and Berta. So um, yes, I will be bringing that. Like, I'm bringing Berta along with me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to your book and your next show. So when is it your book is coming out? And is it available for pre-order yet? It's not available yet. They're hoping to have it available this summer for pre-order. Um, okay. but it will be
1: coming out early next year. We don't have an exact date. Um, but yeah, we're actually, we're doing the final edits now. And I, I, because mental health and teachers know, cause whether they're struggling with their own mental health or not, they probably have a lot of kids, even young kids are struggling, with health, especially with everything we've gone through with the pandemic and all that. That's just increased so much. Um, I wanna get this one right. Not that I didn't get the last one right. it's like an extra level of pressure. And I just wanna know that if not to sound dramatic, but like if somebody can learn how to best better, even a little bit better, support someone who is suicidal, like my son was for years, um, or who is struggling in any way, I, I wanna make sure that I do it right, if that makes sense. So I I I'm not rushing it, which is why some
0: yeah originally we
1: thought it would come out this year, and I was like, we can't rush this, like Let's do it right. So it should be coming out early next year.
0: I Well, I'm really excited. But in the meantime, they can grab your current book too, which is Hold On But Don't Hold Still. So good. You get a lot more about Christina's story um, that you heard earlier in this. And honestly, like, I mean, like the whole story from like Oprah and like all of the things and, but also a lot about like your parenting and I actually need to pick it up and read it again because it's been a little bit like devoured it when it first came out and like listened to it and read it. So good. I feel I was really inspired by it. So I I loved it.
1: (laughs) Thanks. You know, what's crazy is the last chapter of that book, of my first book, ends with me saying, the beginning of the last chapter starts with me saying how I broke down in public. I was out with my mother-in-law and I cried into a spinach dip um, because Parenting got really hard. And at the time, my oldest son had not been public about his struggles. And I always, anything I write about, put in my videos, anything about my children, my spouse, it has been approved by them. I will never share anything that I don't have their blessing to share. And at that point, I was asked for my son's blessing. He was struggling. So it's a very vague chapter about going through the hardest part of parenting I've ever gone through. And you know, I write about it. I give these like hints of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to show up. I'm just trying to show up for him. And it was so crazy because when I wrote that chapter, and I wrote the, I wrote it through tears because we were really in the. De- in fact, that chapter was supposed to be something else. The book was done. It was sent to the publisher. Everything, and I ended up calling my editor at Penguin Random House. They're the ones that published the book. And I said, I have to, I have to change the last chapter because we have something new happening in our lives. And I know other people can relate. And even if I don't go into specifics, people who are struggling with it will recognize it, which people did. It was so crazy. They're like, is your son struggling with mental health? Um, And so she let me like last minute change that chapter. It was so crazy that when I was writing it and crying through that chapter, I had no idea that now I would be writing this book with my son's blessing and he would be doing so much better. And so it's almost like if you're planning on writing, reading the second book, I would definitely suggest reading the first one Because in a weird way, it's a sequel. Yeah. But it'll also, it'll show you, the first one I feel like shows you, I also talk about the mistakes I made as a parent and sort of my growth of like learning.
0: Well, we are going to put the link in the show notes to your book to hold on, but don't hold still. And is there anywhere they should sign up to be like notified when um, your next book comes out with your son? Yeah, so if you just go to my website, christinakuzmich.com, backslash subscribe.
1: So it's my name, Christina with K and the last name KUZMIC.com backslash subscribe. Um, I do not send weekly emails. I don't do any of that because frankly, I don't have time, but I, <laughs> I will only send you an email if I have a new tour. So you'll see the cities I'm coming to. And that way you can get tickets if I'm coming near you, or I will send an email if, um, when my book is released and occasionally we'll do a giveaway, like We're starting this thing where I'm going to zoom one-on-one with people and stuff like that. But so really you're going to get like maybe three emails a year from me, Um, (laughs) but yeah, I would suggest subscribing because then you'll have all the info. And especially if I'm coming any to a city near you, I love meeting you guys in person. That's one of my favorite things.
0: Yes. And if she is coming to a city near you, you should go because it's so good. I've gone twice now. And when she comes back, I will be there again. So cannot wait. So worth it. But if they're not, they can join us at Educate and Rejuvenate, which is going to be an amazing time. And you'll be there and tons of other amazing people will be there too. Um, why do you think if they've enjoyed this podcast, they have listened in like, you know, almost 50 minutes of this, why should they join us at the event?
1: I mean, I just think for me, support groups, and that's what it feels like. This event feels like a big, like party slash support group. I don't know if I'm describing it right, but that's what it feels like to me. Oh yeah, it is. (laughs) That has helped me so much throughout my life. And even like, again, I'm writing this book about my son. And one of the things that helped him the most as he was struggling is he started joining support groups and it actually helped him more than, you know, therapy is great. And he had to take medication for a while, but like the support groups are actually what helped him the most. So I just think being able to join with a bunch of other people who are struggling through similar stuff. And to laugh and to feel us alone and to feel encouraged and to maybe leave going, Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Well, that's helpful. That's like a gift. And I, I don't know if I read it right, but are the tickets like 19 bucks and it's like a two day thing. Yes. That's like three Starbuckses, which I've already had two this morning, I think, but, (laughs) uh, but, uh, I, I was like so impressed with the price point because, and I think that's really cool because obviously teachers are, Underpaid. We could do a whole podcast about that, even though I'm not a teacher. We could. <laughs> that enrages me. Um, uh, so yeah, I think it'll be great. And I also uh, saw that the comedian Joe Dombrowski—I don't know if I'm saying his name right—is gonna.
0: Yes, he's so good. He's so hilarious. Like,
1: don't even worry about following me.
0: Just follow him. He is—he is so
1: funny, and I—I I just love his humor. So I think it'll be an amazing two days. And I really, I really believe from the setup you have and just knowing your heart and, you know, how you're trying to encourage people, I really think it'll be one of those two days that could really have a powerful impact on people's lives. So I'm honored to be part of it. I'm so honored to be a part of it. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Of course. I I was really excited when we got you. It was actually you and um, Joe. I kind of put up I'm like, these are like my dream two keynotes. Let's see if we can get them. And then we did. So it was like, Uh-oh. yes. <laughs> but we did it last year. And just from the feedback we got last year, like, you know, one of them like that I posted on Instagram, like it honestly like made me cry, like in tira, because it was like We had some tech issues and everything. It was our first year, which this year we anticipate we're not going to have because we learned from it. But she said, like, despite, you know, the tech issues, it was incredible. And like she went into it and she was like, it is what made me feel like I have the fire under me. Wife Teacher Mommy is a community that I'm always going to be a part of. It was longer than that. That's like what I can summarize actually reading it would have been better but just like knowing how it made a difference like and seeing from them the difference it made in their lives you know and that's what makes it like you know my team has been working on this since January and we'll continue to work on it um till even after the event is over you know like wrapping things up but it's so worth it because of how much it helps teachers and we did want to make it an affordable price point so like they can come and enjoy it so no I love that and I love that it exists
1: I mean I just think like what a gift to teachers. Right. I feel like community needs that just a place where you, you know, everybody else is struggling through similar stuff and you can all, you know, laugh about it, but also share tips of what's helped you. So I think it's incredible. I'm, I'm so glad you're doing this. And by the way, if there are technical issues, uh, again, Nothing's supposed to be perfect in life. It's all right. <laughs> Whenever I have any kind of issues, I'm like, oh, good. I'm showing whoever's on the other end of this that, you know what? It's okay. Mistakes happen and there's nothing to, you know, worry about that, you know, things go wrong in life. I almost feel like it gives people permission to just, you know, not beat themselves up when stuff on their end goes wrong. So. There you go. I hope you have technical issues. Just
0: kidding. (laughs) so true. The interesting thing is, so there were a few people who like, so there was a Facebook group component and we're doing that again this year because I love the community. But there are like a few people who were like, you know, complaining about it. And I get it because they're like, you know, kind of frustrated about figuring out how to get on. But then there were tons of people in the comments just like defending us and saying that, oh, they're giving so much. And like, so like, okay, like people see that we're trying, you know, it's kind of like, I just went to Taylor Swift era's tour and for one of her um, surprise songs, she played this is me trying, which is one of my like favorites of hers, because it's like, yeah, at least I'm trying. Like it's like, you know, we are trying to do this big event that we'd never done. It was scary. Like, how are we going to put on this conference and get all these people together and everything? But we did it and we did it, you know, which is amazing. And the people complaining, I would
1: really like to know all the conferences they threw. Like I'd (laughs) like you're doing with your life. Really? Right. Don't worry about those people. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, Christina, we're so excited to have you at the event and have had you on the podcast today. So you shared where they can subscribe. What, where else would you recommend sending our listeners? I mean, again, Facebook, uh, all the Facebook algorithms
1: are weird sometimes. So a lot of people are saying they don't see my videos. Instagram. Um, I post my videos. I post actually extra videos on Instagram that don't go on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel and then I joined TikTok and I don't know if I'm going to stay there, but um, <laughs> my kids are thoroughly embarrassed that their mother is making TikTok videos.
0: Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out TikTok too. I don't quite get it yet. am like, <laughs> we're on
1: there. Every time my, my daughter like follows certain people and she really is not one of those people that posts very much, but she follows certain people and she thinks I'm very uncool. And then every time I notice that somebody she's following, I have even like one extra follower more than them. I like make sure she knows that. Like well I have (laughs) so and so. And she's like, mommy's still not cool. So yeah. It's having children children is really humbling.
0: (laughs) It really is, for sure. (laughs) A great My daughter like wants to be a TikTok star now. We posted one video on our TikTok and our TikTok we have like 200 followers or something but this video of her got like over 20,000 views and tons of comments oh because gosh. it was her it was her like we were doing a fixing sentences worksheet that was one that we created. So I asked her what was wrong with this sentence and it was like that there wasn't a period or something but she said that what was wrong with it, it says I want to eat pizza and what she said was wrong is they did not say please. Oh my gosh, <laughs> So that video went viral. And now she's like, can we do more? Like she wants to be a YouTuber and stuff. So I'm like, I guess if she wants to, maybe I can do more videos with her. She's so hilarious. That is so cute.
1: I love that. I'm going to have to go check it out.
0: I'll have to send that one to you. But yeah, we will, we will link to a bunch of your, like I'll find your teacher videos and we'll link to those and that Eminem one. So we will get all of those. We'll put them all in the show notes. So you can see some of Christina's like top videos for teachers and homeschool moms there. So. Thank you so much for your time today, Christina, and we are so excited to have you at Educate and Rejuvenate this year.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored that you asked me
0: to speak. Okay, if you are still listening and loved what you heard from Christina, don't miss the chance to join us live where you'll be able to participate in her keynote. You'll be able to be there live interacting with her and everybody else there. It's really a community feel like we were talking about in the interview, this Educate and Rejuvenate. We're all coming together. And the thing I loved about this event last year was how... People were communicating with each other. It wasn't just about the speaker speaking to everybody, but it was really like a community. That's why we love having the Facebook group be part of it. Um, But then you'll also get to be in the chat and interact with Christina. Her keynote is happening on the 28th. It's specifically for teachers and moms. So go to educateandrejuvenate.com to learn more. Also, I would love for you to pop inside our Wife Teacher Mommies Unite Facebook group. That is our free Facebook group and share what you got out of this episode. And just like in a new post, like, Hey, I just listened to the interview with Christina and I loved this and just start a conversation. Let's make this a community where we can all help and inspire each other. So I can't wait to hear from you inside Wife Teacher Mommies Unite. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready to take the next step, come grab your ticket to join me at Educate Amber rejuvenate the education event of the year on June 27th and 28th, 2023. This year, we have two incredible live keynotes, Joe Dombrowski, aka Mr. D, and best-selling author and video creator, Christina Kuzmich. We have over 60 incredible speakers speaking on topics such as math, language arts, reading, social emotional learning, classroom management, homeschooling and tackling burnout. We start the day with a workout together each morning. We have panels with the presenters and you'll even get to join live live coaching with me, and even raise your hand if you would like to be coached. Plus, we give away tons of prizes throughout the event too. It is the best PD you could ever attend. And all of this is happening from the comfort of your own home. It's just $19 for a ticket and past attendees have said that this is what finally lit a fire under them to enjoy teaching again and that it was well worth every penny. Go to educateandrejuvenate.com to learn more about the 2023 event. Or if you're listening to this later, that link will show you what's up next as we will continue to do events like this. I hope to see you at educate and rejuvenate.